Welcome to the EOS for Canadian Guys podcast. Hey, thanks for joining me on this new podcast journey. We're going to start this out with 12 episodes that we recorded for a event that we did on Facebook called 12 Days of Young Living for Guys. And we did this in Facebook in November of 2018. There were 12 of us guys from all across Canada talking about our favorite Young Living products, favorite things about Young Living. Uh, There's some stories about Gary Young in there, Um, some stuff about the business and some stuff about uh, getting a starter kit. This is really great intro to uh, Young Living for guys. And this is how we're gonna do our first 12 episodes. After that, we'll have some great other content that we'll be shooting out at you. So uh, stay tuned, stick around, and keep on listening. We have a real treat for you this episode. It's Ben Howden talking about how he helped to start the Northern Lights Farm and Distillery in Fort Nelson, B.C., He has a lot of great stories about Gary. He was close personal friends with Gary and has a lot of insight onto how Gary thought and behaved. And Ben is just an incredible guy as well. And he's also going to be talking about, of course, the Northern Lights Black Spruce, which is distilled and farmed in that location and all the benefits of the Northern Lights Black Spruce oil. So this is going to be a great episode for you to, to hear all about. Uh, truly Canadian oil. If you love this episode, you want to know more about Young Living, talk to the person who gave this episode to you or showed you this episode. And Or if nobody did that, then come to the Facebook group EOs for Canadian Guys on Facebook. Enjoy, Ben. Until then. Hello, everyone. Uh, ben Howden here on the 12 Days of Century Equip Canada, and I'm here to talk tonight about the Northern Lights Farm. It's uh, called, uh, most of you've heard about the Northern Lights Farm up in Northern Canada on the Alaska Highway. And the question is, why would we ever want to build a farm on uh, <clears throat> way up in Fort Nelson, BC? It's a little town that doesn't have many people, and it's a really quiet town, and they struggle. Uh, they depend on the oil patch. Why would we pick that little town? You know, back in the day, Gary was getting black spruce oil from Quebec, and just north of Quebec City, as a matter of fact, and they were contracting with another company, and uh, the operation wasn't very big, and they only allowed us so much black spruce every year, and it was getting harder and harder to get, and they were going 100 miles out to get the product to come back and bring it to the farm, and we were demanding more and more for the valor, and peace and calming, etc. And it was getting to the point where they couldn't keep up. And we were going out of stock and Gary said, we have to build a farm for black spruce oil somewhere. So we went through Canada and they went through Alberta and Saskatchewan and British Columbia. And they contacted in the north where the black spruce trees are, <clears throat> the different uh, government resources. And they went to northern Saskatchewan and uh, in the first, they thought that they could build one there up in Prince Albert, Alberta, or Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, sorry. And then they come back to them and said, no, we're not interested. It's going to be too much work to get permits and stuff. And then they went into Alberta and they wanted all kinds of requirements. 
and they called to Fort Nelson, Fort St. John area, to the government there, and they said, we would welcome you, just come, we'll do whatever we can to accommodate you. And at that point, Gary said, you know what, that's where we're going to go. So that's the reason they built <clears throat> there. And why so far north is because the black spruce has the best oil in the coldest temperature. Black spruce, it, um, it's in the tree when the ground is frozen. If the ground isn't frozen, there's no oil there. Because what happens is the water goes into the tree to feed the tree. And it's like watering the tree. But then when the ground freezes, it turns that water into an antifreeze, which is called Northern Lights Black Spruce Oil. And that protects the tree from cracking and breaking and freezing in the winter. So when the ground is frozen and we cut the tree and we chip it, we get lots of oil in it. When springtime comes and the ground starts to thaw, then all of a sudden we have no oil. It just drops right off. So that's the reason that we get it in the far north is because we get the best season and the longest season. The other question is, what is it good for? Like some people don't know what actually black spruce is good for. And one of the things that Gary always said, it was very grounding. Um, in the black, it's the main oil in valor and it gives you courage and it gives you valor and it gives you strength and it makes you just feel like I'm okay, right? Really, really grounded. And a lot of the guys in the Diamond Group in Young Living talk about it. They put it on before they do a workout. <clears throat> when they're working out in the gym, they put on the black spruce. They said it really helps them when they're, you know, looking for courage in the black spruce. And massage therapists often say that they put it with the massage oil. And when they're doing a massage, they said it's really comforting and in and, and a massage. And when you diffuse it, it's kind of, kind of like a woodsy, uh, woodsy invigorating kind of smell like you're out in the forest walking your dog right after a rain or something like that so it's good for that too and it's really good for calming the mind it really helps you to calm your mind down and if people that do meditation it really helps to increase deep meditation so it's really really good for that as well and it's driven kind of by the strength of living in the cold so it's <clears throat> it's got a it's got a strong side to it because it's survived in the cold and you can put it also in Epsom salts and mix it together with black spruce in a bath. It's really good for that as well. So it's good for many, 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 many things. One of the things that Gary always said is that because of the black, the northern lights flash through the sky and bring a lot of energy. And if you're up there and you're listening to it, they swish through the sky. It's just, it's, it's actually really awesome to listen to. But anyway, that energy, <clears throat> he says, goes down in them trees. And it puts a lot of energy into the oil. So that's one of the reasons. And what's in Fort Nelson? You know, there's a little, it's a little town and it had, we first come to town and Gary wanted to see what the town would think about us bringing a young living farm there. So we, we made a meeting with the town council and there was the mayor and all the uh, councillors and all the city planners and everybody there. And Gary and I went down to do a meeting and he simply got up and he said, okay, what is it Young Living going to do for Fort Nelson? And he showed a video of his first farm in Mona. And then two years later, it showed lavender growing in the fields. And then he said, this is my next one. And this one's in Idaho. And he showed him pulling up the weeds and everything and pulling up the roots. Two years later, here's the crop growing. And then he showed Ecuador. And he showed like eight or nine different farms. And it had the year printed below them and the picture was taken. And two or three years later, it showed these beautiful crops. 
And then he showed a picture of Fort Nelson and it was trees and woods and just grass. And he said, this is today. And when he was done, the, the counselors and everybody was just absolutely mesmerized. They're in awe. And, uh, the, and, the, and the, the mayor put his hands in front of him on the table and he said, Mr. Young, I have a question for you. He said, what is that? He said, what can we do to help you? And after the meeting, the counselor said, we have never heard the mayor say that ever in our life. He said, this guy, you got him eating out of your hand. And Gary said, well, it's not eating out of our hand. We're just bringing here something that's going to have longevity for 50 years in your community. <clears throat> so in Fort Nelson, there isn't a lot. And now Young Living today is probably the best company in the whole town because a lot of the oil field companies left and they... Young Living is helps them to thrive and they're just all over it. So, you know, that's that's been a... And some people have asked, how much land does Young Living have in Fort Nelson? Well, the truth is we don't have a lot. We have like 100, maybe 125 acres of land where the building is and it's worked down for cropping. But mostly we get our black spruce from other people's land that have it's just been wild for years and years and years and there's never it's all organic people want to cut the trees down and they want to farm the land but they've never been able to farm the land because of the trees and and the cost of farming it so when we cut it down and pay them a bit for stumpage it allows them then to take and work that land and make it into cropland of which gary's plan was to co-op farm with them people because that was co virgin land so that was the reason and uh, why, was, why were we asked to be the contractor up there? That was another question people have asked. We were over in France on a diamond trip. And uh, we were coming from Nice, France on a bus tour down to, <clears throat> down to Paris. And one day we were walking through some castles and Gary came up to Carol and I and said, um, would you guys be interested in building a farm for us in Fort Nelson, BC? And I thought, Oh my goodness. <clears throat> First of all, we lived up there in the late 70s, early 80s when we were young. And our oldest son, Corey, started kindergarten there. And it was cold and bitter cold and it was nasty and it was an oil field town and it was rough and it, it was not something to, you know, you'd want to make a life in. I didn't think. And I said, well, Gary, uh, I'll think about it. But I mean, I've been up there and she's cold up there. And he said, yeah, yeah, I know. And anyway, the next day he come to me again and he said, hey, are you going to help me up in Fort Nelson building that place? And I said, well, we're thinking about it, but we haven't decided yet. The next day, it was the last day, and we're in front of the Eiffel Tower, and the lights were pretty, and we're having an evening dinner. It was the last day, and he come nose to nose with me, like two inches from my nose on the boat, and said to me, Ben, are you going to help me or not? And that was a moment I had to make that decision, of course. And I said, yeah, Gary, I will. So we got back home Saturday night. And Sunday afternoon, he called me and he said, Ben, what you doing? Are you coming to Fort Nelson? I said, Gary, I just got home last night. He said, yeah, me too. How about tomorrow? Can you come up and pack your suitcase when you leave? It was like, <clears throat> he's an intense guy. And, uh, and the reason is, is because, <clears throat> excuse me, he wants to get things done. And that's how he is. And uh, <sighs> did it change anything about how I see young living, this experience on the farm? <clears throat> I always thought I loved Young Living and I loved the products and I loved the people, but it added a whole layer of depth uh, when I worked side by side with Gary for four and a half, five months. Lived in the same house, ate breakfast, dinner, supper together 
Every night after supper, he would tell us a story about another country he'd been to and what he'd done. One day he said, I'm going to fly to Vancouver today. Mark, or his pilot, was going to fly him to Vancouver. And I said, oh yeah, why are you going to Vancouver? Well, I'm going to meet the Dalai Lama today. I said, really? Dalai Lama? Why? Well, we're doing that. We're going to do that um, camel train across Egypt and I want to get his blessing on it. And he went down and he came back that night, back to work the next day. And he just told us when he got back, he said, that's the most spiritual man I've ever met in my life. You know, Gary was all about the farms. He was all about building the farms, all about supplying oil. And he lived his life amongst it. He worked at night for like three or four hours, emailing other countries. And he'd get up in the morning and phone three or four different countries that were in later times before breakfast. He was intense. Every day, seven days a week for four and a half months. Like 16, 18 hours a day. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I would change anything about what I do with Young Living now. I mean, I love Young Living. I love the people. I love the movement. I love what it does. It changes us. It makes us uh, live a life that we've never lived before. I mean, we're amongst awesome people. We live clean lives. We use good products. Everything we have is awesome. And uh, <clears throat> why did we build through the winter was another question we got asked a lot. And the reason is, is because that's what Gary wanted. Uh, we were out of black spruce and uh, they couldn't produce valor. And it was a holding up the valor and the, and the peace and calming. And uh, we got there September the 3rd. And we would have snow by the middle of October. And uh, we had to dig in underground 18 feet deep out to a swamp and put all the drain lines in and build tanks for the, for the wastewater. And then we had to put in foundations and build a building. And it started snowing the last day that we poured the transfer slab where they backed the trucks in. And we covered it with tarps and there was a foot of snow on it the next morning. And, that was the very last chance we had to pour snow without heating and hoarding. And uh, it was intense, like 18 hours a day, seven days a week, until we got to that point. And then we, you know, continued from there. And so why we built through the winter was because that's what Gary wanted. He wanted to make sure oil come. And he said, you know, people are waiting for that oil, so we need it, right? And uh, another question people have asked is, does Gary build cookie cutter farms? Is all his farms the same? Does he basically do everything the same? And uh, it's kind of like when he does a raindrop. Every time he does it different. And the reason he does is because that's how he's inspired at that moment. So Gary had some things that are generally the same, but uh, different building, different measurements. He knew what in his mind, what he wanted. He already had it built. Talk about a guy that had vision. That Gary, I'm telling you, he knew the size, the room sizes, he knew the heights, he knew the beams, he knew the type of beams he wanted. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> we started that building without any plans. And I went to the city to get permits and they said, Where, where's your plans? And I said, well, here they are. I had 11 by 17 that was drawn out by Gary with a protractor and pencil. And they go, hey, we don't want chicken scratch on paper. We want a set of plans. Where's your plans? Well, uh, these are the plans. We're... We're working with an engineer to get them done, right? And they go, wait a minute. We don't give you permits without plans. Where's your plans? I said, look, this guy has got the cash to build here. He's going to build a farm that's going to be here for 50 years. And you guys need to support us. He said, you're a contractor. You've been in this country all your life. Do you think we're idiots? Like, why would you not want to get us a set of plans? Why did you not plan ahead? Why didn't you have these plans? And I'm going, because this guy... 
phoned me a month ago or two weeks ago and asked me to start building. And so that's what we're doing. So I got an engineer working on them and I'll get you some plans as soon as possible. <clears throat> and so they went around for a while and then they come back and said, okay, we'll give you temporary footing plans. That's it. And I got temporary written across it. So it's a permit for temporary footing plans. But we want all the details next before you go any further than that. So I called an engineering firm on Vancouver Island where I live. And I knew the guy. <clears throat> I said, can you give me a cut section of footings and walls for concrete walls? Just like, a, like if you cut a piece off to show the rebar in the walls, the footing size, the wall size, and the kind of concrete. Just a cut section and we'll start building plans for this building. He said, okay, when do you want it? And I go, uh, like, tomorrow? He said, like, wait. I mean, I got all kinds of customers, all kinds of people. So give me a little bit of time. I said, okay, two days? <laughs> he goes, he goes, you don't want much, do you? So anyways, they sent us a cut section, just a, like an 8 by 11. And I took it into the city and I said, okay, here's the first part of the plans. He said, that isn't plans. That's a cut section of footings and walls. All right. So we'll give you some permits, but you got to promise you're going to get the rest of the plans here. This went on and on and on and on over the whole entire building. And we never had a complete set of plans until the building was complete. <laughs> so that was how it worked. So Gary was a guy that wasn't going to wait. He wasn't waiting for anything, not one thing. Anyways, and uh, <clears throat> is there something special about Fort Nelson? I mean, for me there was because I used to live there and we went back and I had a lot of old friendships. But Fort Nelson is halfway between Fort St. John and the bottom, near the bottom of the Alaska Highway all the way to Whitehorse, which is like uh, 800 miles. And it's in the middle and it's kind of like the stopping spot. So a lot of people like Fort Nelson because they stop there and spend a day or two. And it's really awesome when people come through. A lot of them want to see the Northern Lights Farm, especially people that have heard of Young Living and heard of the oil. So it's really, really fun about that. And uh, so, uh, yeah, what it was like working with Gary day by day for months. I was going to talk about that a bit. <clears throat> you know, in the perfect world, you see Gary up on stage and he's an amazing guy. And he talks to people and he shakes hands with everybody and he has all the day, time of the day to tell you stories and all that wonderful thing. The other side of Gary is when he's got his work clothes on and he's ready to go to work. Gary is a no guff guy and he don't like, he does not like questions that aren't good questions, right? And he is hard to work for and he, it was the hardest job I've ever done in my life. But guess what? It was the most rewarding. Um, you know what? It gave us connection to Young Living and to the people and people that came up to help us. And uh, it just completely enriched our life. And you know, whatever you do for Young Living, whether it's helping in the foundation, whether it's helping in the corporate side, whether it's helping whatever you do for Young Living, whether big or small, it makes the movement that it is today. Now, we got the privilege of doing a pretty big thing building this $8 million building. But some people only do smaller stuff, you know, but there, everybody does something in a different way. And all the time you're doing these things, it's just qualifying you to be part of what the movement's all about and sharing oils with every home in the world. Gary told us that over and over and over in the younger days. And <clears throat> did I learn anything from Gary while I was working with him? That was another question people had. And man, I learned a lot of things. Yeah, I learned a lot of things. You you have to stay focused. That he always taught us to stay focused. And you know, 
he said, <clears throat> don't look at the cost, look at what it's going to do. Always focus on what it's going to do, what it's going to provide for us. Don't look at the cost. So in order, if you look at the cost, you're stumbling around trying to figure out whether you should or shouldn't, and, and it just takes more time. You just get busy and get it done because you know what's going to produce at the end of the day. And I think that's really important. And uh, the question is, why was Gary so passionate about black spruce oil? You know, <clears throat> back in the time when Gary was took to court because he was talking about oils in, a, in America, and uh, he got put in jail overnight right off a stage because he was talking about the benefits of the oils and some FDA guys or somebody put him in jail overnight. He had to go to court. And he went back to his house and he used black spruce oil and he used different oils that are in valor, put them in his bathtub and sat in the bathtub and rubbed them all over himself. And he just completely immersed himself in that combination of oil, figuring that that would give him courage to go to court. And he went to court that day, smelling like a, a Christmas tree. And he went into the courtroom and he said he could, he, they were eating out of his hand. I mean, they had nothing to say. They absolutely released him thanked him for his time. He said that that oil completely disarmed the people in the courtroom. So he loved the black spruce because that was that's what gives you courage. So that was one of the reasons he had a big, big love for that. <clears throat> uh, and and uh, what was it like when we worked on the farm? Gary said, OK, I want to have this farm built in two months. And I go, Gary, this is a one year project and we'll do everything I can. But I mean, even six months is really, really tight. I mean, it's not really possible to do it in two months. And he looked at me and he said, only if you think so. So we give everything we had and we just put it out. And in two months, we took some cut trees down and we made some oil just in a small condenser so that he had completed his vision. But in about four and a half months, we were putting out the first oil. And the day we did that, the day we did our first distillation, we did our first cook and the oil, the water started coming up in the separation chamber. And uh, who was there was Jared. He'd come up and Gary was there and Carol was there and I was there and Corey was there. And there was a guy, Kyle Jin from China that had came over to talk to Gary about coming to China with the oils. And he got to witness that as well. When that first oil came in, and Gary stood on a ladder and put his chin on the ladder and just watched. And that picture of him doing that is in 10 feet high in Philippines on the wall in the new experience center there. That picture that was taken watching that first oil come in. And when it started coming up in the oil the, on the water and started rising, <clears throat> he looked at us and he said, you know what guys, this is what this whole thing is about. This whole farm, this is what it's about right here. This is about this oil. and. It was pretty interesting, you know, that was kind of like, it was like, you know, his eyes were welled with water and he was just watching it and all the work it took and frozen fingers and tipping a truck over and just all the things that happened and there they were watching that first oil come in. So it was beautiful anyway. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's, uh, yeah, there's, the farms are all over the world uh, and everyone is special in a different way. And for us, this is a special, special farm because we built it, right? And, uh, you know, making black spruce oil, what goes into it is a lot of work. And 
when you buy an oil for 50 or 60 bucks, it might seem like a lot of money. But if you go to the farm and you work there, and, and you're in an $8 million building and then you got fellow bunchers and you got forwarders and you got chip drillers and you got guys out there in the bush working in the cold and, and uh, trying to keep warm and they're hand cutting the small trees and putting them through and you come into the vats and you put them in the vats and you cook them and you stomp the chips and you put them through the condenser and you get the oil out then you separate the little bugs out of the oil and then you test it and then you put it in the barrel ready to ship. There's a lot of work goes into it, a pile of work. And you know, it's because we don't build it in a lab. We build it on a farm. We make our own oil. It's authentic. It's real. And you know, it's once you've been through there, you wonder how can they sell it as cheap as they do? It makes no sense. You know, Gary, Gary said, I'll never build an oil for a profit, only for a purpose. And it truly, I've seen that through and through. It wasn't about the money, it was making oils for every home in the world. And that's how we lived. And <clears throat> so then, Corey now, our son, has been running the Northern Lights Farm because when we finished building, he was the general contractor, uh, we were the general contractor, prime contractor on the farm. And Corey was running the job, our oldest son, Corey. And when it was done, they sent a guy up, they said, well, maybe he'll manage the farm from Oklahoma. And Corey had him there for a day or two and said, hey, he ain't gonna cut it, like he doesn't know anything about this. And they sent another guy up from Texas and Corey goes after three or four days, I'm not gonna have this guy wreck this farm. I put too much work into it. And Gary said, well, maybe you're the problem, Corey. Like, I mean, we need to hire somebody to run it and if they can't hire nobody to run it, you're gonna have to do it yourself. Corey said, I'd rather run it myself than let somebody wreck this place. I put too much hard work into it. So then the guy said, well, Corey, if you're gonna work here and run this farm, can we work for you? Because we've been your contractor. We've been your contractor, can we work for you now? Corey goes, yeah. So anyways, the people that are working there all help build the farm, so it's pretty cool. After the years now, we've gone three or four years and producing more oils. The first year we built like, made like 1,800 kilograms. The next year, like almost 4,000 kilograms. This last year we did 80, I think it was 8,310 kilograms. And they're working, getting more efficient, getting better and better and going greener with their products and we're off the grid. It's really amazing. So this year, Corey's really got into helping the town. Like the town is really struggling and they want to get more people into the town and increase the town's popularity there. And so they decide to do a winter festival. And they're going to do a winter festival starting March 9 for two weeks going forward. And you're going to see it coming out more and more. And Corey did a Facebook page called Northern Lights Farm. You can go on there and like it. And you can watch his first video talking about they're bringing in the world champion dog sled racers that won the world championship 20 years out of the 30 years. And they're right in Fort Nelson and they're going to take people for rides on their dogs and follow the dogs. And there's a whole bunch more that's coming that's really super exciting. And each week he's going to do another Facebook Live and I believe another one's coming tonight. Anyways, the, the first live he had, there was 12,000 views on it in the first 24 hours. So don't forget to get on there, it's amazing. You know, there's the thing, what, what this farm has done is built so many friendships, so many kind people have reached out. And uh, I love the Young Living Farm, I love Young Living. And most of all, I just appreciate how that it changes the life of people all over the world. And none of us are better than the next. It helps everyone in the same way because we use the same products, we use the same oils. The difference is how much you use them and how much you're dedicated to it. 
And you know, as you love the oils and share the oils and think about them, you attract people in your life that will also love the oils. And it just grows and grows and grows. And for years, Carol and I were just using the oils and sharing the oils and really not spending any time. And till 2012, we took a trip across Canada and back through the States and just, we did 83 meetings across Canada and America. And that year we went from silver to gold to platinum to diamond. And you know, it's how much focus you put on it. So if we wanna carry the flag for Gary and we wanna continue the movement, each one of us have to put a dedicated effort into making this thing grow. And for us, it's been the Northern Lights Farm. And yes, we love it. And we welcome any one of you that have an opportunity, if it's possible for you, to come up in that two weeks from March 9, two weeks going forward, and you'll see the most amazing Fort Nelson that's probably ever been there. This is going to be a great event. I believe this will be one of the bigger events Young Living's had. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. And you guys all have a wonderful day.